Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. We're going to talk some NFL in this hour, get you some big games. Cowboys-Eagles, big, big game. Texans-Buccaneers, less of a big game, both happening on Sunday. So we will get into those. We'll give you some predictions of some other teams as well. Uh, The game in Germany is actually a pretty good game. Germans getting a good game. I hope they know they are. Uh, We'll get into that as well. Uh, The text line still going 512-447-3776. We're asking you who will be the MVP for Texas against uh, K-State. If you got any other takes on Texas, questions, comments, concerns about the Texas Longhorns, send that in on the text line 512-447-3776. And I'd love to hear if you've got a Texans prediction or a big Cowboys prediction for Cowboys-Eagles. We're going to be talking a lot more NFL in this hour. So if you've got a prediction for that, uh, send that in to me. 512-447-3776. But say Texas or Cowboys, so I don't you just send me two numbers. I'm gonna assume it's for Texas until you say Cowboys. I'm not a mind reader. Man, Jacob Standard joining me as he does every Friday right here uh, on the sports complex. Uh I know you're uh, you're excited for Cowboys talk, so I'm gonna push it off for a little bit while we answer some more texts. Okay. Uh just I know I know you're ready, you're ready to tell me why the Eagles are the worst team in football and the Cowboys are the best. And I know you got your homerism ready to go, so everybody stand ready for for Jacob's unrelenting homerism for the Cowboys. It's coming up. Just so everybody knows, I'm pacing. (laughs) Mr. Goodcat on the text line uh, has a prediction of 37-21. I think he's been pretty close several times. I believe Mr. Goodcat has been close sometimes. So uh, he is 37-21 as his prediction. Uh, We have Chief Engineer... Uh, another name for you, rendering renegade. Oh man, I think we have to get off the R's. I don't. I don't think we're having very much luck in that category. He said he's about to chat GPT your name, so we'll see what comes out of it. <laughs> I feel like if you say Jacob Standard, the names may not be flattering. <laughs> I feel like it would just repeat Jacob Standards. Like hey, we we came up with nothing. We can't help. <laughs> well, that's a standard nickname for Jacob Standard. Uh, Texas is going to show up and win the game 34-14. Texas fans need to stop being so damn scared. We beat this team multiple times already. Uh, the rendering standard is the nickname they have for you, this texture. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah, 34-14. Look, I don't, I, I'm not scared about this K-State game. It's a great litmus test. I'm scared that Texas will not show up. I'm scared that the three high, three down defense that you've been trying to teach Quinn Ewers how to do for two and a half years now could be an issue uh, this season when you, you're going to have to go up against it. And, and Malik Murphy, you know, he's practiced against it, I'm sure, but it's not something that he has seen in person. And we've known it's gone problems. And the bread zone offense is a problem. So there is things on Texas' side I'm more scared about, but if we handle them like we handle BYU, they don't have something that our secondary is having a really hard time with, which is a lot of speed and dynamic receivers. They don't have that. So the thing that kind of scares you the most for big impact plays is not there, which is fast, dynamic receivers. That's one thing Texas still hasn't figured out how to defend yet. And K-State doesn't really have those, so it's a good sign for Texas on that side. Uh, Chan says the margin is three by God. And he expects Texas to expect uh, Texas expects K State to run the ball with their running backs and QBs. 
I'm, I'm sure they're going to come out throwing the ball, testing Texas uh, DBs. They should run if the, if the lead went to maintain keeping Texas on the field. Texas 17, KSU 27. Chan's on the other side. Very concerned. Very concerned, says Chan. Uh, I, look, you were, you were right about Oklahoma. I, I'm not going to give you K-State, though, Chan. I, I'm not as worried about that. I'm not as worried about them throwing the ball because, again, as I just said, they don't have the dynamic receivers. Uh, we have the we have the athletes to be able to stop them on a lot of stuff they try and do passing. They're going to throw the ball some. Clearly, you have to. Uh, but I don't know if they have the big play-breaking capabilities uh, that are scare me a lot more of those big breakout plays that are a quick 7, quick 14, quick 21 uh, for K-State. That worries me more. I don't know if they have that ability. Uh, <laughs> this one says, I picked the score correctly last Friday. Where's my prize? Your prize is our uh, – congratulations. Round of applause. Good Jacob job. Woo. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's All your right. prize. Like we did it. We don't have any prizes for you here. But 26-18 to 18 this week, Texas. So, I'll, you know what? I'll take a 12-point win on a three-point margin. Uh, I'd like it to be – I'd like it to be 14, but I, I'll take 12. I'll take 12. Uh, is, is, is that a number? What, what number for you, Jacob? I won't get your final score prediction. What would make you happy? What difference in points? The opening number. Wasn't it seven or eight? So if you get a touchdown win, you're pretty happy. I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. I tell you, I'm, still, I'm, I'm greedy. I want better than that. I want two touchdowns. That's well, yeah, I, you want the game to be over by noon, so you want us up want three game, touchdowns I want the game to be time. over by 1130. Just yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> no z- negative rushing yards for K-State. Six straight. Malik Murphy's the greatest quarterback. That's what I want. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not predicting any of this. Uh, Bevo Angel says, this will be one of the most physical games Texas will play this season. Malik will be featured in the Bingo. run game and show something we haven't seen. I don't know if that's going to happen much. I don't believe he's going to be running the ball much. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I agree with the second part of that one, but yeah, I, definitely I just, one of the most physical games. Yeah, I agree with being physical. That's another reason why I don't think he'll run the ball much. I think you could see yeah. Savion. I think you could <laughs> see Savion Red in the red cap more, and Savion Red running the ball. Uh, that is something I think you could see in that uh, offense. And I think if you want to run the ball, you put in Arch Manning. So I don't know if you because Arch Manning is actually a better dual threat quarterback right now than uh, Malik Murphy is. But Malik Murphy, I don't think you want to get your second quarterback hurt and go to your third string quarterback. Uh, in a game where guys are going to be going after him. I know he's a beast, but that's just a bigger target, and that's a harder way to fall. It's, I get it. I get it the way he looks, but that, I don't know if they're going to do that. 31-28. It's not his game. It's not his game. 30, and I don't know if he's ready. Like Usually in a Sark offense where they really Sark does not want his quarterbacks to run, it takes a little while right. for the quarterbacks to get comfortable doing it. Uh, 31-28 to 28 is the score Bevo Angel gives. So a three-point win, a cover, but not much there. Uh, carry from Georgetown. Says we still suffer from a coach that dreams of the long ball. He was a quarterback. Yes, yes, that is true. You you suffer from long ballitis. Uh, and he's got a QB with a huge arm now. So he, he has an arm. Like it's funny because the touch passes for it, you can just tell it's like yeah. it's like Shaq patting a kid on the head and trying not yeah. to kill it. That's that's what he's trying to do with those touch passes. Uh, Horn to BP Burt Auburn. I like that one. Kick some field goals, Sark. Uh, Mark from Taylor has some text in here. Uh, he has uh, – I'm not going to say it's the ref gives a favorable spot, Mark, but uh, Ford with 12 tackles and a pick. I like that one. Pinnock, I do not believe he's overrated. Uh, all the film I watched on him last year before the Alamo Bowl, you saw that he was a real deal. What I've watched him this year, I'm a big Michael Pinnock Jr. fan. I don't know if he translates to the NFL the same way. I think there could be some growing pains in that. I don't know if I'm fully sold on that, but as a college quarterback, Michael Pinnock Jr. is a beast. 
Uh, 24 to 21 is your prediction. And uh, you're scared. Can we put Helm on special teams to be the gunner? <sighs> Wordplay. I, you know what? I, yeah, I can, come on. Come on. You don't yeah. get a, no round of <laughs> applause on. for that, Mark from Taylor. <laughs> and I don't like to be scared. I do not watch horror movies, Mark from Taylor. I just, I just naturally am a state of anxiety and worry. Don't worry about it. That's what it normally is. Happy Friday. How are we feeling about Texans? No Damian Pierce. I don't know if that's the biggest problem. Singletary's kind of taking over as a better back on that one. We'll get into that in just one minute. Uh, I do want to hit a couple of things. Uh, and uh, oh, I think we're there. I think we're there at the end of the text line for right now. Keep sending in text 512-447-3776. Uh, keep sending in. If you've got some NFL picks, if you've got a Dallas Cowboys prediction against the Eagles, maybe you hate the Cowboys, you think the Eagles win by 50. I know some people I, know, I got on my timeline that do that. Uh, and uh, maybe you got the Cowboys. This is the statement game. We'll get to them. But let's start talking, Jacob, with the Texans. We'll get right to that. All right. Uh, Damon Pierce is injured, so we're assuming he's not going to play. I haven't read if he's out or not, but I just, but I, I know he's not going to be full, full health. That doesn't really move the needle for me. Hey, look, you want to see this Texas offense start to get going with the run game. It's important for them to get running. But I think De- Devin Singletary has been running the ball better anyway. So if Singletary is yeah. going, it could be better. And if you want to know something that's crazy about uh, the Buccaneers rushing game. What's that? Uh Rashard White has led the league and led the team in rushing every game, I believe. He has only okay. had two games of over forty yards rushing. Oh, it's not like they have a committee of a bunch of guys. They're just not running the ball well at all. They've only had two one hundred yard players this season. Uh, Godwin had one, and Mike Evans had one receiving. They just don't have a lot of uh, uh, talent happening this year. Baker Mayfield it was doing well early on. They've lost the last three games after being up, th- being three and one, and leading the division. And here's a weird stat: Buccaneers are zero and six in Houston since the Texans came along. Have not won in Houston yet. I don't have them winning here. What do you got? I I got the Texans to cover the three points for all the reasons you listed. I didn't know about that trend about the Buccaneers being 0-6 in Houston. Um, I think last week, the loss to Carolina, a lot of that was head games between CJ and Bryce Young. And as much as you try to block that out, how can you ignore one and two picks? Who wants to justify their GM? Um, but I'll take the Texans in this one at home against the Bucks to cover the three. I like that one. Yes, we get... Uh... A text that says, hoping it'll be positive for No Pierce and feature CJ Moore. I, I think a Singletary will get featured in this game as well. Uh, speed kills from TJ Horn it says, Horns 34 to 20. A win there. Another, I like that one. I like that score. I prefer, actually, you know what I want the score to be? I want, I'll, I'll give my prediction. All right, I'll give my prediction. Probably like 100 to zero. Well, I want it to be, yeah, negative points. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go over to the Frankfurt game. It's going to be early, so you got to wake up early to watch your football or. Reminder for all you drinkers out there, set your lineup Saturday night because Dolphins and Chiefs, you probably got one of them on your fantasy team. Uh, they are playing an uh, early morning game in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, one thing to bring into this, Dolphins showed up Tuesday. Chiefs showed up Friday or Thursday or Friday. So Dolphins had a little bit more time to acclimate to the time change and everything else that goes on. Now they've said every team that's been over there, whether you get there Tuesday or you get there Saturday, it doesn't really make much of a difference. You're going to be still jet-lagged by the time you're playing on Sunday. Uh, Chiefs are favored by one and a half. What do you got here, Jacob? Oh, I didn't know which team had gotten there first until you said it just then. That kind of makes me want to lean towards the Dolphins in this matchup. I think it's an extremely explosive offense, as we've all seen. That early in the morning, it can be a little slow getting people's legs moving, especially on defense, because it's 
the most exposed position in the field is the secondary. You're reactionary the whole time. The wide receivers at least know where they're going. So uh, I'll take the Dolphins getting points in that game. Yeah, I have the Dolphins as well. I think this is a Tyreek Hill want-to-show-out game as well, and Mike McDaniel seems like the type of coach to let him have it. Uh, so I assume that they're really going to try and feature Tyreek. He's going to go off. Kansas City hasn't looked as good. I think if you take all of them off the plane, I, you know, I think two years ago I would tell you Kansas City with, you know, with a couple more weapons, that is they may be the best team to drop anywhere in the world and put on a game in, in you know, two days just because of what they kind of do naturally. I don't know if I'm going to say that they're – I think the planning, getting there early, I have the Dolphins covering uh, and winning the game, actually, against the Chiefs, even though they're – it's a one-and-a-half point spread. So not – it's hard to win. You're picking and not a winner. Cover, yeah. yeah. Uh, Seahawks at Ravens. Ravens are averaging five sacks at home and allowing under 100 yards rushing against a Seahawks team where Geno Smith does not enjoy getting hit. Six-point favorites for the Ravens. What do you got here? I'm taking the Ravens. The Ravens have finally woken up. They were always a sleeping giant, like Mark Andrews said. Their biggest issues were drops early on. They have cleaned all that up. That offense is finally looking like what it was advertised as, and I think they cover six points against the Seahawks at home. Yeah, I, I yeah, the Ravens' defense has you know gotten back. That's their, their bread and butter, and they didn't have it the last few years. Now that's come back. Now the passing game for the Ravens is stepping up. Seahawks' passing defense isn't great. I have the Ravens covering six. I think the Seahawks can bounce back, but Pete Carroll's got to make a few adjustments on this team, and at Baltimore is probably not the place to do it. Uh, the Vikings are at the Falcons. I know it's weird that I put this on the list, but both are four and four teams. Is a divining point for the Vikings. Both have new quarterbacks starting this week. Uh, Ritter came out of the game last week, and Heineke came in. Uh, the 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 Vikings just traded for Joshua Dobbs from the from the from the Cardinals. So you could see Joshua Dobbs versus Heineke, which we not see. Falcons are favored by three and a half points. What do you got in this game, Jacob? Yeah, when they put the schedule out at the beginning of the year and I saw that we were going to have Dobbs and Heineke, I immediately circled that game as one you absolutely have to watch. <laughs> when you were like, but, uh, look, Dobbs has never stayed in one place for a full season. He's going to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could predict where he was going to be, sure. But uh, in a game where you're dealing with two backup quarterbacks like that and kind of getting back into the swing of things. I know Heineke has started before, and Dobbs has been playing all season in Arizona, but it's a fresh start for both of them. I'll lean on the team with the better, for sure, running back, which is the Falcons, and I'll take Bijan Robinson and the Falcons to cover that three and a half against the Vikings. Yeah, Bijan Robinson is the reason. Hopefully, he has figured out his dietary and stomach issues and will be back in full force to uh, take on this Vikings team. Uh, Vikings now, are they may be in dump it all and just go get a good draft pick, get a decent draft pick mode. I think this game kind of dictates that a little bit. If Dobbs is able to play or whoever they have playing quarterback comes out and plays a good game and you beat the Falcons, you know you have Justin Jefferson coming back. You may say, you know what, let's at least try to keep Jefferson and keep Addison, keep these guys happy. So we may not just try and tank the rest of the season, uh, but also if you lose, it's time to tank. Uh, Do you put any weight into Justin Jefferson saying he's going wherever Kirk goes if they move him? No. No, I don't. Oh, okay. All no, right. I think I think that one is a knee-jerk, that's my guy reaction, and then yeah, you have a okay. couple of conversations. It's like, you know, how many times you've been in a job and you're like, man, if this guy leaves, I'm leaving too. And then Dude, you're like, if you quit, I'm quitting, man. I'm quitting, and then, you're, and then you see you're like, rent's coming up, though. So... <laughs> 
oh, you quit, man? That's crazy. I got to pay rent in two days. No, I, I, no, I don't think he's going to be on the Vikings in in three or four years. I don't know the exact time, but the Vikings, I don't think Justin Jefferson finishes his career as in the Vikings. I don't think he's there at 27, 28. That's I, fair. Uh, they just have a history. Randy Moss, they traded off. Stephon Diggs, they traded off. And I know they was, you know, Def, Diggs was not at that time. Moss was, it was a different era. But and but Justin Jefferson, I just don't see it long term. I see his team being a smaller market, and at some point, I think they'll pay him too much money to keep him, and then hate that they paid him too much money to keep him. That just and seems have to get it off the books. Yeah, and they'll yeah. be like, let's just get rid of him. That seems like yeah. a, a Vikings way to handle business, which a small market way. <laughs> I don't want to take it just out on Minnesota. That's a lot of small <laughs> markets, kind of how they you you freak out and you have to keep somebody, and so that's what you do. Uh, Bills right. at Bengals, Cincy is 21st in pass defense. Josh Allen is going to try to go to Cincinnati and have himself a game. Who do you got in this game? I don't care that they're 21st in pass defense. The Bengals are all the way back after those first three games of the season. They stumbled out of the gates, but they've done that every year that Joe Burrow has been the starter. Joe Burrow never plays in the preseason, so those first few weeks are his preseason. He's finally healthy again. He's hitting Jamar Chase. He's always open. Give me the Bengals minus two. Bengals minus two. I have the Bills winning this one. Uh, I think the Bengals are getting better and turning the corner, but the Bills are really hot right now. I don't know if the Bengals are there yet. I imagine it could be a high-scoring game uh, that we could see the Bengals start to get going, but the Bills just outlast them in this game. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we will get into Cowboys and Eagles. We're giving you up at 645 for uh, Vandergrift playing, I believe, Westwood High School, my alma mater. Is it an alma mater for high school? Do you have to go to college to have an alma mater? I don't know. I graduated from there. I don't know. You tell me the rules on the text line. I don't know alma mater rules. It sounded weird when I said it. I don't know how to refer that I graduated from Westwood in a classy way, but it sounded weird. It sounded like I was trying to claim an education I don't have. But ah, I went to this public school in Northwest Austin. So, uh, guys, stand back. Uh, but, I, you know... <laughs> But go Warriors. I know we're Vander- we're home for Vandergrift, but I'm a, I'm a warrior. I was 20 years ago. <laughs> we had to take a break. We come back. Uh, we will get into the Cowboys versus Eagles. If you guys got Texas picks, Cowboys-Eagles picks, any takes you want to put on that, we'll read those before we go off the air here at 645. Uh, 512-447-3776, and we'll be right back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. It feels good to be wanted, dead or alive. The price on my head got too big. I can't survive. But don't try to cry. Back on the sports complex here on the Horn. That is uh, some slurp the world here on a five one two Friday. You can go catch them Saturday at the ballroom for slurp the world. 
That is what the kids name their bands these days. I can't. What a name. What a name. Foo Fighters, I don't it doesn't mean anything either. I mean, Rolling Stones isn't that. You know, the Beatles were just, they thought of an animal. And they, hey, look, none of the names. Slurp the World, though. That is the name of the band. You can check it out. They're a cool band. I, I, it just makes me feel old when I see a name like that. And I don't, I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate clearly being of a, of a different generation than the cool people in the room. What do you think the origins of that band name are? I'm not as cool as mine, man. Not as cool as my generation. <laughs> we were cool, man. <laughs> we wore leather jackets. <laughs> uh, you're gonna go buy a pack of smokes and roll them up in your sleeve too. I was not a greaser. Come on, man. <laughs> but that's some good stuff on five one two Friday for you. Uh, we did hold off. We're giving you up for Vandergriff pregame at six forty five uh, against the Westwood Warriors, which uh, is a team that uh, I did not play for. I did not play high school football, but I did go to that school, and I probably went to. Four or five high school football games while I was there. So, you look know, at you. look at me. <laughs> Vandergriff was not a school when I was going to Westwood. So I, I did not ever see a Vandergriff game against Westwood. Uh, let's get into uh, Jacob. Let's get into it. Let's get in to the, uh, the score that you really care about, the game that you care about the most. Your Cowboys, your Cowboys are taking on the Eagles. They're going to Philadelphia. They have to. Come back and show that they can compete against the teams. There was two teams that are the the standard bearers that they judge themselves against. They do not consider any other team on their level except for the Eagles and 49ers. They got beat by the 49ers. They got to beat the Eagles. How are you feeling about this game going to Philadelphia? What is your feeling? Listen, I understand the narrative that the Cowboys cannot rise to the occasion and beat a contender when they show up. But if we're going to use that narrative, you also have to apply it to the Eagles. Their only signature win this season is over the Dolphins, and we have found out the Dolphins aren't exactly capable of rising to the occasion when contenders show up either because they went from putting up 70 on a team to getting stomped by the Bills. So I, I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people are giving the Cowboys credit for. Dak Prescott is also 8-3 and three against the Eagles all time. Jalen Hurts has eight interceptions on this season that seem to never make the headlines. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus three in this one, going to Philadelphia. Give me the boys to roll them. We finally found out. Just keep feeding C.D. Lamb, and the offense moves a little bit better. Um, I think they get better at using that, and I think Pollard comes alive against this Eagles front seven when he's not expected to. I think that's the big key for the game here. Uh, look, I'll tell you the big key for the game is you figured it out the last game. Target C.D. Lamb. Forget right. the rest of your team. You can throw to them when you need to. Target C.D. Lamb. Not complicated. <laughs> we told you this week two that you're not throwing the ball to him enough. We told you after week three. We told you after week four. We told you after week five. We kept telling you that you have a really talented guy on your team and you need to throw him the ball more. We kept telling you. And then finally they said, why don't we throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb so and see what happens. Then Jerry Jones, on, Jerry Jones went on 105 through the fan and told him we don't need to throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb more. Let's throw it to everybody. It took Michael Gallup getting hurt for them to realize because they still were not going to throw to Brandon Cooks. They knew we traded for him, so he's got to earn it to be a cowboy, I guess. So we're just going <laughs> to get to earn the star. If you throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb, you can beat this team. They're 26. The Eagles are in preventing third-down conversions. They're 26 in the NFL against the pass. Jalen Hurts has been dealing with injuries the entire season. You can win yes. this game. You can win this game. But if you 
and I by you I mean Mike McCarthy and your your puppet master Jerry Jones decide that you don't want CeeDee Lamb to get that contract, so you pull it away from him again and just throw the ball to whoever else is on the field, you're gonna lose. They're not going to do that. No, I don't think they will. I think Mike McCarthy's a smart enough man. I don't have a lot of faith in him, but I think he's a smart enough man to realize, hey, man, it was pretty easy when we threw it to the best player on the field. We threw it to our best receiver. Brandon Cooks is really good, but there's a reason at this point in his career why he works better as a two than as a one. So you kind of have to make him a two, and you make him a number two receiver by throwing the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Because he can win those battles. And when they have to put another guy over the top on CeeDee Lamb because he's beating him so bad, that's when Brandon Cooks comes open, and that's that one-two punch. But if you spread the ball, no one's a number one. And if no one's a number one, then what the hell are we doing out here? Because why pay for top receivers if you don't use them as top receivers? You can't expect to run a, a simple crossing route and have that guy break it because he's really talented. You have to put him in positions to win. We talk about with Sark all the time, putting players in positions to win. You're putting Dak Prescott in a position to win. We talked about it yesterday. PFF uh, put out an, uh, a ranking of the most accurate quarterbacks. And while some of the numbers look a little off and some of the people look in different positions, it did have Dak Prescott as the second most accurate passer in the NFL this season. Mm. So if you're saying <laughs> that Dak Prescott can put the ball near C.D. Lamb, so if he's the second most accurate, you can put the ball near CeeDee Lamb. Then do that over and over and over again, and you have a much better shot to beat this Eagles team. You can pick up third downs with CeeDee Lamb. They don't have to be deep shots. You can you can go against – and look, I want to see them get Tony Pollard involved too. You know, we talked about this run game, and I really thought you should have made a move for a running back at some point because, you know, you're basing the entire season on this running game being able to matter down the stretch, and Tony Pollard seems to not be able to get the, the – the break that he's been getting, he doesn't seem as electric. Deuce Vaughn, I still think, has potential in the league, but they basically backed off of using him at all right now. And Rico yeah. Dottle is, can do what he does, which is he's a decent pass protector, and when you hand him the ball, he runs straight forward. And he looks more explosive than Pollard does right now. Because so he runs I, straight forward. And I know it's a pacing thing. It's a, you know, you get this many snaps, so you're fresher, and I, I get that part of it, but it – it shouldn't be that popping off of the TV screen well, that Dowdle well, looks so, more explosive. But Re- Dowdle looks more explosive because as soon as he touches the ball, he runs full speed to the hole. So yeah. he looks explosive because if the hole's there, which you have a decent offensive line, a pretty good run-blocking offensive line, if you have that, then you can run to that hole and you're going to look and it, you're going to get that five, six yards. Tony Pollard's explosion is waiting for the right spot. Like what Jonathan Brooks, Jonathan Brooks is one of the most patient running backs in college football. That's why he's doing so well. You have to sit behind the line there for a second. And the problem with Tony Pollard is he gets too close to that line and he gets kind of touched and then he doesn't get the break off of that and he doesn't get that second speed and the second burst after coming out and then he's not reading the, 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 the reads right so he's not necessarily getting out and getting open and getting into space where he's going to be really electric. You were able to do that a lot more last year because he was a change of pace back, because he was you know used in the pass game more, and you weren't expecting him to get the run. So guys may be a little bit more off of him, and he'd be able to get out. You know, you were able to get him out to the outside a little bit more, which is harder when he's in every down back. All of those things, you have to figure out ways to get him involved. But I'll tell you what will help get him involved. Throw the ball to C.D. Lamb. If you yeah, keep make them doing focus that, on something else. they will have to adjust, and then you have Brandon Cooks, and then he will adjust, and then Gunner, uh, and then uh, Jake Ferguson. Big Ferg. Ferguson will get more open. It all starts, though, with using your best talent as somebody that you can go out and get the ball to. Start there, and then you can open up the rest of it. 
It's not, it's not rocket science, but the fact that they, for whatever reason, felt the need to get Michael Gallup more targets than Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb every week blows my mind. I get that there Man. was that that him and Dak had a connection and they want to do it, but Michael Gallup hasn't looked like the same player in two years. Has he? Am I wrong on that, Jacob? No, he hasn't. And the only thing that worries me about what we saw last week is when they talked to Mike McCarthy about his play sheet, he had one sheet that was called Feed the Studs. That worries me. No studs, just a stud. Feed <laughs> CeeDee Lamb. No, there is no <laughs> Feed the Studs. Feed the Studs. He's got, he's got Rico stud. Doddle on there. And... Yeah. No, Big has got... got a whole sheet. Yeah, Noah no. Brown's still on there, even though he's on the <laughs> Texans now. No, I like him, no. though. We're going to get we're gonna Mike, feed him. we have one stud. <laughs> feed the stud. Feed the stud. It's not that, that difficult. you got to go throw the ball to CD Lamb. There, I've, I've done your whole game plan for you, Mike McCarthy. It's easy. I mean, Dan Quinn will figure out the defense. Don't worry about that. Uh, oh, gotta, yeah. Never worry about that. <laughs> we got to give you up to Vandergriff. Uh, football. We're going to talk NBA in-season tournament. It starts tomorrow. That's, oh, that's, okay. That's the, uh, the extent of what I'm going to give you. It, it starts tomorrow. So have fun with that. Uh, college oh, basketball starts on Monday, so we will talk some college basketball on Monday. I'm excited for that. Texas starting off. I know I messed up the name of the team they were playing in the scrimmage. We're playing in Cardinal World on Monday, though. I can tell you that. So we're going to kick off that. A lot more talk. Thank you to Jacob Standard for joining us. What's your Twitter handle, Jacob? At Jacob Standard. Appreciate it for joining us. Uh, But have a great weekend. Texas, 31, Kansas State, 16. Final prediction for me. we got to get out of here. Be kind. Be safe. Keep your underwear clean. And we'll see you on Monday right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn.